Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and it is sports time this week. I know y'all were expecting a lot of Luke Cage, but we're going to do that next week. Joining me this week is a man who would never skip an episode of this podcast to go to a museum, Craig Needles. (laughs) If I did, would you trade me to a lesser podcast to get someone worse than me back? (laughs) Shots fired! You and me. Um... Well, I guess, like that said, why don't we just get right into the NHL? Um, do you want to talk about that trade first? I, you, you were on the road for, for that one when it happened, so I wasn't able yeah. to get a full response, I'll say. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, that was well, That's the biggest thing that's happened, I think, in the NHL's offseason so far. Um, Yeah, I thought it was a horrible trade for the Calgary Flames. I thought that they gave up the best player in the deal. Um, Furland is inconsistent, but I think he's pretty decent. Uh, we are not exactly sure what Lindholm and Hannafin are at this point. I think that Hannafin might be a second pair defenseman and Lindholm might be a middle six four, which means that they're not useless, but you've got to pay those guys some pretty significant money because they're both restricted free agents. So you're, 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 you having, you're having to place a bet on them right now when you're not exactly sure what they are. I think this is a dangerous position to be in for the Calgary Flames, all because Dougie Hamilton likes museums. Is that even a real thing, or was that just a I think, no, I think that was a real thing that some management of the Calgary Flames told John Shannon. Yeah. And John Shannon of Sportsnet, Eric Francis of whichever outlets he worked for, Eric Francis might be the biggest water carrier in Canadian media. Yeah, and then that, true. oh, that is saying something. I understand the gravity of that statement, but I think I'm willing to prove it. He blocked me on Twitter because I had the audacity to disagree with him on the idea of Calgary being the city of Calgary being scammed for this arena. And Nahid Denji, the mayor of Calgary, understood it was a scam. I had the audacity to say, hey, maybe the mayor's right. And I got blocked. So oh, uh, he's uh, pretty. <laughs> Pretty thin-skinned is yeah. what we will say about that. And, yeah, no, it's – it's it's the, the character assassination on Dougie Hamilton has been ridiculous but also very predictable. We've seen this happen before where guys in management go to their media people who they trust and whisper not nice anecdotes in their ears, some of them true, some of them not. And the guy gets shivved on his way out of town. Phil Kessel didn't even like Leaf Management didn't do that to Phil Kessel. Steve Simmons just fabricated one for him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Canadians management did that with PK Subban. The Bruins did it with Dougie Hamilton. Uh, they Tyler did it with Tyler Sagan. Sagan. Yep. Yes, yes. Um, it, it doesn't. It's something that doesn't really work. And if, if a guy is getting shipped out of Carolina or Dallas because the media doesn't work the same way for the NHL in those places, but oh, in Canadians, Colorado, there wasn't a lot of when Duchesne got traded. I don't remember their being too yeah, much. No. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. There, there, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too bad there. But if it's a Canadian city or if it's, you know, Boston, Philadelphia, Detroit, a place yeah. like that, you're you're going to see. It. Oh, and boy have we seen it in Philadelphia. Philadelphia might be one of the worst examples with Carter and Richards. Yeah, Those guys boy. were just all the way the whole as they were and they were laughing all the way to winning multiple Stanley Cups with the LA Kings. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's um Hamilton is a really good player. Dougie Hamilton is a legitimate number one defenseman. And I wish, I don't see a scenario in which it could have happened, but I just wish there was some sort of scenario in which the Leafs could have got Dougie Hamilton because he's 
like a, a number one right defenseman. That's literally the the biggest thing the team needs right now. Um, but they didn't have a trade chip like Hamil like Hannafin or, or Lindholm to to send out for it. It was just a bizarre bizarre situation and the calgary flames are a worse hockey team now than they were at the end of last season at the end of last season they were a pretty lousy hockey team the carolina hurricanes i've said on this podcast i think a couple of times that man they are a mediocre goaltender like just a league average goaltender away from making some noise i don't know this weird attachment they have to a nearly 40 year old cam ward who hasn't been good in almost a decade now i would say Basically, he had a really nice playoff run that time. Yeah, and they won a cup, and they've, they've yep. <laughs> kept him ever since, which, you know, I guess, like, I guess not every franchise has to be like my Boston Celtics, where it's just like, hey, you know, <laughs> like, who cares what you did for us? Get the hell out. We can get something better. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, like, to a fault with this Cam Ward thing, I messaged you a little trade the other day, or a potential trade the other day, based on the fact that I thought Colorado made a... a well, it was one of those trades that worked out for both teams where the Avalanche got Grubauer from Washington and they took back Brooks Orpuk's contract to free up a little space for, for the Capitals to do what they needed to do. Yes, I think that was, a, that was a wise decision for both teams involved. Yeah. Yes, John Carlson. So the Avalanche, and then signed Grubauer to a nice, tight little deal, I think. So they got him for three more years. Um, Varlamov is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. And so is Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner for Semyon Varlamov. Who says no there, Craig? I would suggest you, based on goalie market, that the Hurricanes say you're going to need to kick in some extra stuff there. Mm-hmm. Like the but, second or a third? Or yeah, something there. like that. Yeah, so you're going to need to no kick in some that. extra stuff. Yeah. But to me, from my perspective, this is something that I think both teams should do. I understand the Hurricanes have been doing the dice roll with goalies things for a while, but there's no reason not to roll the dice with Varlamov. The other thing with Varlamov is his cap hits 5.9, but he's only owed uh, 5.5. So as much as $400,000 in actual cash savings wouldn't matter to the Maple Leafs, it probably does matter to the Carolina Hurricanes. So I think that is a reason why the trade would work out as well. Um, and then... The Avs get to see what Jeff Skinner can do away from Carolina. You get, you know, you play him with some other good forwards. Uh, I think it's a, it's a win all the way around. Yeah, I, I just, I think, I think it's a smart move for both teams. The only question is, will someone be willing to give up? Let's, let's say some team that's really looking to shake things up this off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like they've already, maybe it's a team that's already found out they've missed on John Tavares because he's he's down to six teams. We can talk about that in a minute. Is are, is that a team like that willing to give up more to in, potentially inject some goal scoring that Jeff Skinner can bring into their lineup more than a goalie with a one year left at his deal that's got a five point five million hit? That's let's be honest, you're coming off a not great season for True. Ballons. Yeah, injury injury riddled season. Injury riddled, yeah, and even and you know when he, when he was in there, it was mostly fine. Yeah. Um, but there, it was it was up and down. Overall, the numbers were fine, but when he was in there, it was mostly fine. And then even uh, the year before, the 2016-2017 season, um, not great. Not, great, not yeah. great. So, and well, not that 
anyone that had anything to do with the Colorado Avalanche was good during the 2016-2017 season. It was basically the season from hell for the entire organization. But yeah, I think that that would be a little more of a dice roll for Carolina than it would be for Colorado. So Carolina would say, you have to kick in some stuff to make us do that. Yeah, probably good. The point is, uh, the point I'm trying to make basically is the Avalanche. There is something there. Yeah. It fills a need for both sides. The Avalanche need to trade one of their goaltenders. You can't go into the season with Grubauer, Varlamov, and Bernier. You just, you just nope. can't. You only need two of those guys. And Bernier, I'm perfectly fine with being a backup who doesn't cost very much. And we just signed Grubauer to that nice thing. So it seems like they want to turn the team over to Grubauer, which I think is the smart idea. I've liked Varlamov during his time. I didn't like what we gave up to get Varlamov when it happened. I thought that was nuts. But uh, that's in the past. <laughs> so, yeah, it might just be time to move on. Um, you mentioned John Tavares there. Uh, boy, so much free agency talk. I am of the mind, I'll just say this, I'm of the mind that I think that he stays with the Islanders, particularly because, I, I mean, is there a team, like, who had a better draft? If, if I had to say two teams that had a better first round of the NHL draft, um, like... D- Detroit's number one Detroit, for me. Yeah, Detroit and the New York Islanders are for me. Yes. And Detroit, the thing that pisses me off, obviously, because as a Colorado Avalanche fan, I don't much care for the Detroit, uh, the, for the Detroit Red Wings. But, like, honestly, Craig, you and I just had daughters. We, we both have daughters that are a few months old. Uh, I was perfectly fine with 10 years from now having to explain to our daughters, no, 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 you don't understand. The Detroit Red Wings, they were good for, like, 20 years. 20-year playoff streak they had. You know, like you, you know, yep. they, they were so good, and they'd be like, "Oh, dads, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Look, <laughs> how, look how terrible they are." And then they had this draft where Valeno falls to him, and friggin' Zadina. Zadina falls to him, and I'm just like, "Oh, come yeah. on, everybody, now, help I, me out here." I will say that I don't think Zadina is like a franchise-changing type of guy, but what I will say is I think that they maybe got the second best player in this draft behind Deline and they got him picking sixth overall. Yeah. And then you look at what fell into the Islanders' lap, like Wallstrom and Dobson. I'm going to go on record and say that other than Rasmus Dahlin, I, I there's a chance Noah Dobson ends up being the the best defenseman, best player. Uh, the best yeah, defenseman yeah. in this draft. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's, that's a very reasonable possibility. Uh, I think Zadina is the second best guy in this draft for me, but yeah, it's, it's very possible that Dobson's the yeah, second best. Yeah, you wanted best. the Habs to take Zadina. You thought that was the... Uh, well, it's not that, that I wanted to have to, to, not to, wanted I, to. That was just yeah, like what you. I felt was, was glad a smart that move. they didn't. Uh, well, well, I I like. Oh God. I, I just thought that was a smart move. Yeah, and I've they never didn't been able to. Yeah, I've never been able to pronounce his friggin' name. Kota Niemi, Kota Kanyemi, whatever the Finnish. Kota Kanyemi or whatever the, 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 the draft people can pronounce his name either. It doesn't yeah, matter. Fair. So uh, I'm not gonna they drafted. For they drafted for need in the NHL, which is just the dumbest thing you can do. Drafting for need in any sport, I think, is is dumb. Baseball I can sort of see. It, it, baseball certainly, hockey certainly. I could sort of hypothetically see it in football from the perspective True. of okay, if we have a quarterback, we can't take like yeah, we can't like take for one certain of the positions, first... it makes sense in the quarter, and it makes sense in football. Yeah, today. yeah. But even then, like, like we're that... stacked at the offensive line. Are we going to burn a first round pick here? No, we can look somewhere else. People so do, in though, football, is the thing in NFL because they're like it's all about depth now in the NHL, yep. right? Or in the NFL, sorry, and being able to rotate guys. So yeah, like, see true. the smart teams seem so, to trade down and just go best player available all the time 
Yes, which is is, is fine with me. Yeah. Um, not I don't encourage drafting for need, but from the NFL perspective, mm-hmm. I can at least see it just based on the immediacy of the roster, the shortness of the mm-hmm. careers, things like that. When you're in the NHL and you're thinking, okay, we're going to draft this guy, and he's going to be playing in our top unless unless like unless you're drafting Austin Matthews, mm-hmm. he's not a guy that's playing in your top six this year. So why are you looking at this year's needs? You know what I mean? Like it just it was it's it's ab- ridiculous. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that's a, a little weird about the Habs pick is the fact that. Cote Niemi or uh, yes Perry yes Perry K is going yeah. to be not in the Habs lineup next year I don't think no I don't think there's any way that happens so like you could argue that they are possibly drafting you know for D to the future and he plays center you're always going to need centers in the National Hockey League that's just yes. the way it goes so that I thought like I thought people bagging on the Habs for that pick was a little bit of hate heart approved on in in some uh, but... I think that they. There were clearly that, no, no, no. I, I, I think that going after them was reasonable from the perspective of you were passing on better players to take this guy to fill a need. When if you re- really thought this was that big a deal, you could have traded down mm-hmm. in the back half of the top ten. There's a yeah. couple of centers that would have made. Sense. That's the big one. Is yeah, is if if that was your guy, you could have moved down to like seven and gotten them right. Right. Uh, there are rumors that the Coyotes would have been okay to move up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are rumors that. Um, uh, there's a few other teams that were that were looking to move up or at least considering the idea. Uh, I think the Blackhawks were among them. So yeah, from my perspective, I just don't think it's reasonable to not take the guy who's one of the three or four best players available if you're picking third overall. You got to figure out some other plan there. Now I think getting Wallstrom and Dobson has is that is really going to help the Islanders. I think keep Tavares because if Tavares does indeed sign that what is being rumored what what was it uh eight years 18 per or something like that for for Tavares what, what was the uh no it's 15.9 is the max you can yeah sign. so but it was a max deal or whatever wasn't it like eight years max uh deal from, yeah from something Islanders. like that so um here's the thing though about mm-hmm. you you say they had a good first round and they did mm-hmm. Tavares's prime is the next three four seasons yeah how much are Dobson and Wallstrom, assuming they pan out, going to help in the next three, four seasons? I, I, Whereas, think, I think they can help them in two years from now, and they're going to be on entry-level deals. And if you're paying John Tavares max money, you're going to need guys on entry-level deals yeah, that can help you true. out. That's true. Of course, by that point, you're going to need uh, Barzell's entry-level deal will be a thing true. of the past. <laughs> right. Uh, so, um, another Jordan, reason you're going to need entry-level guys. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And further to that, mm-hmm. they've got some contracts here. Yes. That are not great. They owe Andrew Ladd five and a half per year. Andrew Ladd is 32 until 2023. Yeah, they've got Andrew some work Ladd <laughs> is 32 years old. Uh, Anders Lee, who plays pretty well at Tavares, is unrestricted after the end of this season. Not great. Cal Clutterbuck is owed three and a half million dollars a year until he's 34 years old, four years from now. And then you go to the defense. Johnny Boychuk, who's had a pretty lousy couple of years here and is 34, has four more years at six million dollars in cap hit. So if I'm John Tavares and I'm thinking to myself, oh, yeah, it's time to find the contending team, I don't think the Islanders are that team, in, certainly in the next two years. Now, if he wants to stay at a loyalty, he wants to stay because it's the easiest payday and you don't have to do the contract tricks like you would with Toronto or Tampa Bay, I get it. That's fine. I, 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 but I don't think choosing the Islanders based on this is where I think I'm going to win makes a lot of sense. Hmm. There are some really lousy deals in the books here. And as much as I think Dobson's a pretty high upside guy, 
if I'm John Tavares, I'm not sitting around there waiting for that. If I know that my alternative is the team with Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Nazem Kadri, and William Nylander on it. And or if the other option is the team with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand on it. Or if the other option has Jason Spets, or not Jason Spetsa, but Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn on the same team. Or the stacked line of the Lightning have. Most of the teams that I just mentioned would have to do some real cap maneuvering to fit Tavares in. The Leafs not so much and the Sharks not so much. But to me, if Tavares is doing this base purely on where am I winning the Stanley Cup, I don't think the Islanders is the answer to this question. Interesting. All that, and the Islanders also still don't have a goaltender. Um, yeah, there's that too. Yeah. As, as you were just saying what you were saying, I was thinking to myself, there might be a basketball-type trade in there between, again, my Avalanche, who have a goaltender available, and the Islanders are in desperate need of somebody. So it might be like, I don't... God, like, who would they throw us for? Uh, we, Colorado we, is probably going to yeah. ask for like it would have to be it would have to be basketball esque in they give us a guy like a roster player and we take one of their bad contract guys probably Andrew Ladd <laughs> and then no get... trade clause with Andrew Ladd oh <laughs> well don't have those in basketball uh, yeah <laughs> so, so, um but so let's say it. instead of Andrew Ladd it's someone with perhaps a little bit less term on yeah. the not greatness of the contract I get what you're saying though yeah. like there, there 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 might be something there sure mm-hmm. yeah that's fine um I just um if I'm Tavares, if I'm Tavares, again, he might decide, OK, I don't want to mess around with this whole one year hypothetical capture convention, even though it's not oh, it's crazy not, stuff. He's not doing that. I, I like I'm fairly confident saying that I like I don't know what the hell Jonathan Tavares is going to do. I mean, I think he's going to return to the Islanders if I if yeah, put a gun to my head and ask me what I thought he was going to do. But I am fairly confident that he is not going to do that one-year $15 million thing that people have been kicking around. I just don't think a guy of his caliber should do that. I, I don't, And I but, don't think agents in his ear are telling him, do that, John. I, I just Here's the thing, though, and The Athletic did a pretty nice piece on this. Mm-hmm. If yeah, Tavares wants to leave the island, he's maxed out at signing a seven-year deal. If he does this, let's say he does it with, as a hypothetical, the Maple Leafs. Signs a one-year, $15.9 million deal with the Maple Leafs. Then signs an 8 by 80 deal in January of 2019. Over the length of that contract, John Tavares is making $96 bucks. John Tavares is not going to make that if he signs an eight-year deal with the Islanders. He's not. Uh, he might, like, but the Islanders would be putting a lot of eggs in that particular basket, and I'm sure they would. So... Uh, I think that it's pretty easy to see how it's more profitable for Tavares to do it this way. There's less certainty, and the league in all likelihood would have nothing to say. The Leafs would be pretty airtight, or even if it's Tampa Bay, they'd be pretty airtight as far as how they're arranging this contract. But um, it, uh, if you sign that $15.9 million one-year deal, and then you have, say, okay, as soon as January rolls around, it's legal, I'm signing an eight-year contract worth $80 million bucks. Tavares makes more money that way. So... I, I think there's a non-zero chance of it going down that way. Where do you think John Tavares ends up? I, 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 I like you, lean towards the Islanders from the loyalty perspective because for some reason hockey thinks that matters. I, honestly, I, no, no, I, I'm I just saying it's... that if he if he signs there thinking that's his best chance to win the Stanley Cup during his prime, he's, he's, he's making a mistake. Yeah, I don't think 
it, I don't, I like, I'm not sure if it's as much loyalty for most of these, because when these these hockey would, guys come up, they're mostly like good Ontario boys, right? Who who are yep. the are the big thing, and I I think it's mostly loyalty, but also I think it's a comfort factor with a lot of these hockey guys. They don't like moving, moving. They don't like hustle and bustle. They're like, I'm here now, whatever. <laughs> I can get yep. paid, and I still play hockey. And I think I think that's just like a weirdly polite Canadian thing that kind of yep. sort of happens, right? I think that the Leafs are the second most likely and San Jose's third. I don't think that Boston, Dallas, or no. Tampa Bay are going to get real consideration. I completely agree with that. I completely, like, if, if, if me second on my list will be, I think he goes to San Jose, if, if, yeah. you, if you ask me to guess. I mean, like, uh, the Leafs would be a hell of a thing. And if it happens. Now, here's the thing that the Leafs offer that no other team in the league can offer mm-hmm. is becoming a god if yeah. it works out. True. Yeah. And no other team in the league can can offer that. Yeah, and the uh, they, like the endorsements that could. I obviously yeah. I believe the endorsements. Now the thing that is going for the Leafs right now is the Leafs. I believe already had their meeting, and Tavares rather enjoyed that meeting, which was unlike what what happened a year ago with Steve Stamkos, where Steve Stamkos yeah. basically or two years ago or two years ago. Sorry, yeah, Stamkos walked out of that Leafs thing and was like, nope. <laughs> now. Yeah. You said no to the other team. Here's the thing, the difference between this year and, and, and two years ago. Remember, two years ago, people forget this. The Leafs had just finished 30th. Yes, true. This past year, they finished 6th. They did have, yeah, they were able to, uh, that is true. So st- if Stamkos yeah. was signing with Toronto, he would have been making a big bet, not just on the team doing well and Shanahan yeah. and whatnot, but, but basically Austin he was betting on, oh, I really hope Austin Matthews is as good as they say. Yeah. Turns out he is. Mm-hmm. But Steven Stamkos hadn't seen Austin Matthews play at the, in, at the NHL level at that point. That's true, It's true. So I think there's a difference now as far as what the Leafs can offer from a competitive perspective they couldn't offer two years ago, even though things look pretty good. And, and look, at, look, look at the next level, Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner was a little guy who would just lit it up. The London Knights had just won the Memorial Cup when the Leafs had that meeting with uh, with Stamkos. But Stamkos didn't know that he was going to be an NHL star level player, and, and clearly he is. So, yeah, the, 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 there's more to offer on the roster at this point than there was two years ago. So I think that's the difference. I think yeah, that... A little more attractive destination yeah, these days. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think that there's a little more management stability now. I think we know the general manager of the Leafs is going to be for the next few years, whereas before we didn't quite have that. We know the head coach is going to be for the next little while. Um, I think that it's pretty good stuff that uh, the Leafs were able to, to put together here. Is, is Tavares going to be interested in that we'll see um but i like uh i i, I like i like their chance from the perspective that if from for the from the non-islanders division i think they have the best chance out of anybody yeah if the leafs get to Varys, uh you and i are going to mortgage our houses and buy a couple of leafs tickets i think and at least go oh, see one man game. yeah well i i've never yeah. been never been yeah Can't well, afford it. here's <laughs> it's, it's expensive here's yeah. the thing is if you can trot out there our three centers are Austin Matthews, John Tavares, and Nelson Kadri. Yeah, that is really tough to compete with. That's a lineup, man. There's nothing, nothing. You can and then you put Marner and watch ne- that. Yeah. You put Marner and Nylander on the wing. Some other pretty good role players that go along with that. Like that's really, really tough to compete with. Really I'd, al- I'd also be interested to see what Steve Steve Simmons would come up with to try to tear down John Tavares. That that would also be a. Uh... That'd be the thing. Be like, oh, he's too quiet. You know, like he's yeah, not, well, not a leader. Not if a things leader. didn't go well, it would it would happen. It True. would happen in some way, yeah. shape, or form. Um, but here's the thing: John Tavares is not Phil Kessel from the perspective of Phil. Phil Kessel is quiet, but also kind of weird and difficult to get along with sometimes, especially yeah. if he doesn't like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Tavares is just more of the quiet, like whatever, this is fine type of guy. Mm. 
Sticking with hockey, do you, do you have anything else you want to talk about draft-wise? Mm. Not really. Uh, it was a relatively quiet draft. It was a very, like, until that Calgary-Carolina yeah. thing, I was floored by the lack of player movement at the Absolutely. draft. Absolutely, considering what, like, all the talk about, like, the Habs had, like, four trades that they wanted to make. And, like, it started, like, right before that Rasmus Dahlin was drafted, the Avalanche traded Grubauer, and it was like, all right, here we go. Here we go. And yep, then, and then, nope. then for a long time, nothing I am thinking that Ryan O'Reilly is going to get traded bef- mm. between now and Sunday. Yeah, I, I think there he's owed se- eight, uh, seven and a half million dollars in a signing case. bonus that goes on. Yeah, uh, so if Buffalo is going to trade O'Reilly and they don't want to pay that seven and a half million, it's got to happen now. Uh, if it gets to Sunday and the Sabres have to cut him that check, I always suspect that a whole lot of teams in the NHL get real interested because Ryan O'Reilly, still a pretty good player in my estimation. I think that people have forgotten that he's good based on the fact that he's been playing for the Buffalo Sabres for so gosh darn long. But as of July 2nd, 2018, Ryan O'Reilly is owed exactly $1 million dollars for the entirety of the 2018-2019 season. So the weekly paycheck you write to Ryan O'Reilly is $1 million divided by however many weeks there are in the NHL's weekly paycheck structure. That's pretty cheap because you have to cut him a $7.5 million check this coming summer, July 1st. So if you're a team like the Hurricanes, which is a budget team, if you're a team like the Coyotes, which is a budget team, and they're trying to win this year, all of a sudden Ryan O'Reilly becomes pretty attractive because you get a $7.5 million player from a cap hit perspective for a million bucks. You've got to figure some things out next year. It's cost $5 million to have him next year, but uh, it's to, to me it becomes one of the best bargains in hockey just for that one particular year. Uh, what would you rather talk about first, the Ottawa Senators or the Hall of Fame inductees? <laughs> Uh, we'll go Senators and Hall of Fame. Uh, the, 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 Ottawa Senators, <laughs> the Ottawa Senators are an unbelievable disaster. They bought out Alex Burroughs yesterday, or at least during the process of buying out Alex Burroughs, knowing full well that he's a 35-plus contract and the cap hit stays. Why? Because they get a $2.5 million cap hit in exchange for $800,000. What the Senators actually spend in player salaries this year is fascinating. To me, absolutely fascinating to me as far as what number of dollars actually goes out the door, because they're putting together a collection of contracts of guys whose cap hit is lower than the actual number of dollars they're owed. Marion Gaberick is an example of that. The guy they got from the Kings in the Dion Phaneuf trade. That saved them a few dollars. There are a couple other examples here as well. Craig Anderson is the inverse example. They're going to want to get him the heck out of there. Uh, if you look at Michael Bodker, he's owed $3 million for $4 million cap hit. So the number of dollars that actually go out the door is going to be fascinating to me. And this is my senator's hot take. I think that what you're going to see this season is... If Eric Carlson and Bobby Ryan are traded to Las Vegas, which still might very might be a thing, the Senators are going to p- take back David Clarkson's contract so long as the deal is after July 2nd. Because the way that Clarkson's contract is structured, he's owed one of those signing bonuses. I think his is $3 bucks on July 2nd. You pay David Clarkson, I believe, 
$4.5 million over the course of two seasons in exchange for $5.25 million in cap hit over the second of those two seasons. So the Senators will be able to meet the cap floor without actually spending the money to meet the cap floor. Based on Melnick's financial situation, this is something they're going to be interested in, I think, because as of right now, if you look at their cap floor situation, they're going to have a really, really hard time getting there, especially if Ryan and Carlson are no longer on the team. So it's going to be, in my opinion, a fascinating offseason in Ottawa from the perspective of how cheaply can they ice an NHL roster? I'm I'm fascinated to see what they can do here. The Mike Hoffman. Like, let's just talk about the trade first, and then we could sure. discuss the weird situation. I mean, I I don't think we'll ever see anything like that again in the no. history of the National Hockey League, where a team trades a guy to one franchise. And I remember seeing what Ottawa got back from the San Jose Sharks for Mike Hoffman, and I think I texted you and I said, hey, that's not terrible considering how toxic the situation was around him, right? Like, yeah. I was like, that's not... I thought I thought they were going to have to buy him out. I thought yeah. that trading him at all was a win. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. Like, I thought the fact that they got anything and the fact that they got some decent picks were was a good move for Ottawa, and I, and I was kind of like, hey, now, good for them. But then 30 seconds later, the Sharks ship him to Florida for a much better deal, and I was just like, oh, God, it could not, like, it could not be, like, I, I just don't, like, we've had some bad situations in, in, in the history of, of the National Hockey League. I've never seen, like, what the Ottawa Senators are currently going through might be the it like it this might be the just the worst situation in the history of the National Hockey League in terms of having to give away two pretty franchise guys because just of how inept ownership is and just weird situations and Instagram posts and shit. Yeah. It's just my god. It's, it's bizarre. And I think a team with real ownership yeah. and real leadership would have addressed this when it was going on and it wouldn't have become as bad as it was. Yeah, and that was the thing because like, did, didn't they have a deal for Hoffman? Was it Hoffman or who they had the deal in place for at uh, at the trade deadline? That was Bobby Ryan with was, Carlson to Vegas. Yeah, and then well, I thought they also had a deal for Hoffman or something. Like they there, tried- there, there were teams that were kicking the tires on Hoffman. There was a rumor that they had been offered a first for Hoffman. I would be floored if that's true. Yeah, because if the Senators knew what was going on with Hoffman's fiance and with Eric Carlson's wife and had an offer of a first for Hoffman on the table and didn't take it. I like even for them, that would be incredible. Well, that was one of the rumors that I read was, was that Ottawa was about to accept that deal. And then some of the other GMs found out that this might be a thing, right? Oh, okay. So, so there was like, Ottawa was trying to pull a fast one and whatever team backed out of the deal. So that's why when, you know, that, that's why it was, I don't know, I got the sense of this. I'm not, I'm not sure if you got this sense, but I got, I got this feeling from, from some of the buzz I was reading on Twitter that when the Sharks flipped, flipped Hoffman to Florida for a much better deal, everybody kind of looked at Ottawa and went, yeah, looks good on you there, bud. After that, you know, yep. that little fact. Well, the, 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 apparently Melnick had instructed Doron uh, not to uh, trade Mike Hoffman within division, which is stupid. Yeah. Um, Mike Hoffman has two years left in his contract. The Ottawa Senators will contend for a playoff spot in exactly zero of those two years, so it doesn't really matter what Mike Hoffman's doing in Florida. Uh, nonetheless, um, if they if they really had to pay that level of tax to keep Mike Hoffman out of the division, allegedly, that's really really silly. Yeah. 
The sh- brilliant move by Doug Wilson, though. He clears that ridiculous Bodker contract he, oh, every from his Doug cap Wilson sheet. Always smart stuff. Oh. Clears that contract from his cap sheet and gets a, some useful draft picks for it. Like, that's really good stuff. Yeah. And I just, man, Doug Wilson. I, I just, I, I always think back to that, uh, God, what was it, 2010 when the Avalanche uh, had that weird situation where they were up 2-1 against the Sharks and the Sharks... Uh, who is it? Dan Boyle shot the puck into his yep. own net, and then it was, and the Avalanche had game game four when the Avalanche were up. Uh, the Avalanche were up two to one in that, and that was a one eight series too, right? And this yep. was back when the Sharks kept losing, like they'd be the one seed or the two seed, and they kept losing the seven and eights, and the Avalanche were by far the worst team that they ever had. Game four went into overtime, and the Sharks won, and then went on to win that series. But if the Avalanche had to pulled out game four, Doug Wilson would have been fired by the Sharks. So. Yep. Weird. It's weird. It's it's just a weird thing. Strange timelines. Yeah, hockey's a weird sport, man. Uh, I'd be really. I'll, I'll I'll just close the Ottawa Senators chapter by saying I'd be very excited if I own their first overall pick next year, unprotected. Yeah, that would be pretty good. Mm, that'd be a very sweet scenario if if that happened to a team. Um, pretty good Hall of Fame class this year, save for one particular name. Um, Willie O'Ree getting in is pretty sweet. Should have happened. Yeah, that, that should happen a long, twenty years ago, but, a long time ago. I guess better late than never. And then, what better yep. way to, you know, take away from people talking about that by then by adding uh, Gary Bettman and the current <laughs> commissioner of the NHL? What yeah. an absolute disgrace that they put Gary Bettman and Willie O'Ree in the no, same. No, yeah, not what an Gary absolute Bet- disgrace. Not Gary Bettman's fault that that uh, th- this is one of the few things we can't lay at the feet of Bettman because he has no say in this. Yep, and Bettman. Say what you will, and I have at great length on this podcast, and will continue to do so. But Bettman, at least, is a guy who would be like, hey, like if he was in the room, he would have been like, "Hey, this is a dumb idea." <laughs> right? Yeah, like, you would hope so. I, you would hope yeah. so. Uh, uh, having, yeah, the, the Hall of Fame selection committee for hockey is ridiculous. It's based yeah. on who's friends with who, and yeah, you get in just from, oh yeah, you were on the Islanders in the 1980s. Yeah, sure, you can be in. Oh, I was, God, I yeah. was, the, I was the first, I was the fourth line left winger. Yeah, sure, you're in. Yeah. Um, whereas guys like Dino Cicerelli have 600 goals have to wait forever. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's a, it's a dumb selection system. Of uh, the Hall of Fames, it's, it's easily the least meaningful of the, of the big four. I find. Like, I, I find uh, yeah, I, really I would meaningful. suggest that's true. I think that the NFL probably has the best Hall of Fame as far as is what they haven't they haven't haven't done with their standards yet. Yeah. Uh, the, the wide receiver position they're a little bit weird about, but other than that, That's the, NF, the yeah, NFL yeah. has the like has Ter- the best Hall of Fame. Like Terrell Davis isn't in yet, which is a little. Oh no, he strange. is. They got in this. Is he got he? in this. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. My bad. So they, they have a they have a good mix of analyzing peak value versus career yeah. length and things. And they also stagger it so that y- you they they they've staggered it in a way that you look at some of the names where you're like. Hey, why isn't that guy in yet? And the NFL just kind of goes, he will be. Come on, just give us a year or two. We don't, yeah. you know, we don't want to put everybody in at once, and then we're yep. like doing what the NHL does, right? And just farting out names, right? So, yeah. And baseballs is obviously rather exclusive. So yeah, yeah. yeah. It's well, the fact that you can put together a pretty good argument that the best player of all time is not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty awkward. Yeah, you could. Well, you could argue too, right? Like, I mean. You could argue that Clemens is the best pitcher ever. I think you could put that Clemens argument. Clemens is the best pitcher yep. ever. Uh, Pete, Bonds is the best hitter. Barry Bonds, Pete Rose, obviously, yep. is another yep. <laughs> is another yep. name. Yep. So yep. you could yeah. put together a lot of pretty good arguments as far as who's not in the Hall of Fame. Now, 
the rose one's a little bit different for me than Obviously, the other. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nonetheless, um, like Rose would be in. Rose would have been in twenty years ago if not for the nonsense. Like, oh yeah, like, that sports. would not have been a thing. Uh, but like the the what was it like the the MLB Hall of Fame is also a place where only ninety nine people out of a hundred thought that uh, Nolan Ryan should have been in the Hall. Yeah, of that's Fame, right. Right, ninety nine point seven percent of the yeah, vote. and it's like those three people should be allowed to come forward, <laughs> should be forced to come forward and be like. Explain yourself. <laughs> no. Here's the thing about those types of votes now. Like Ken Griffey Jr. didn't get 100%. And I wasn't oh. even mad because some of the people that didn't vote for Ken Griffey Jr. were like, I wanted to vote for Bonds and Clemens and all the way down the list. And I can only yeah. vote for 10 guys. And I knew Griffey was getting yeah, in. Yeah, so yeah. someone that, wrote that call. And I'm like, yeah, I'm actually not even mad about this. That's that's pretty fine reasoning right true. there. That was probably yeah. why for the Nolan, the three guys were like, no, no it wasn't. Because no. remember, there wasn't the, the steroid backlog at that point. Right. So yeah. there wasn't no one needed to use 10 votes at that point right yeah. so that was just people people being dumb yeah. uh one guy said about um oh i forget he wasn't talking about nolan ryan he was talking about someone who was like an obvious slam dunk hall of famer though like oh i didn't think he deserved to be a first ballot hall of famer as though there's some sort of distinction between the two uh, <laughs> it's just really really dumb uh, all right, I think that's enough NHL talk. Let us segue into the National Basketball Association and what will most likely be the last time we talk about basketball on this podcast before I jump off a bridge. Um, I did like today. I got a I got a a gleam of light through the gloom. To quote a great song. Um, of the fact that. The Lakers, who I firmly believe are going to get something, who are, are rumored to get somewhere between one and four Hall of Famers added to their team this offseason. Um, they, today was the first time somebody said something where it might be like, hey, maybe it's not going to work out for the Lakers today. And I, I rather enjoyed that. And the thing that's holding it up is LeBron's not signing with the Lakers unless the Lakers already have somebody. And I'm not sure if Paul George is going to cut it for LeBron. So, I'm not sure if Paul George is leaving Oklahoma City at this point. And that's another one, is we don't know. Now, I still think he is, because he's been talking about going to the Lakers for two years, as most people do. Uh, but if Paul George doesn't leave, there is no way in hell, at least I hope not, knock on wood, because I know they're a smart organization, and they'll take the best deal available if it's there. I just don't think that there's a way R.C. Buford and Greg Popovich look at the Lakers and say, yeah, let's set up their dynasty for the next five years. (laughs) No, no. And further to that, they're going to do what's best for the San Antonio Spurs. And regardless of what's good for the Lakers... The Lakers are not offering the Spurs the best package for Kawhi Leonard. That no. is simply not going to be what and happens. And why would they take back? They they are depending on you know the hour, I guess, the ones with the leverage because it seems to switch back and forth between who has the leverage, the Spurs or Kawhi. But in a trade, I don't see why the Lakers because the La- it, it seems to be like the Lakers are going. All right, you get you know Kuzma, and you know whatever. It, it seems to be like. Kuzma and Ball, or it's some combination of two of, like, Kuzma, Ball, and Ingram. 
but yeah. you also have to take back Luol Deng's contract. And if you're the Spurs, I'm like, well, why? Why, why do we have to take Luol Deng's contract? <laughs> like, explain yep. that to us, right? And I do enjoy the fact that so far, R.C. Buford and Greg Popovich are standing uh, Maradona style with both fingers, <laughs> middle fingers extended towards that franchise, saying, "We're not setting up your dynasty. Like, go screw yourself." So, <laughs> props yeah. from props to those guys from. For holding this up now, I ultimately still think the Lakers will will get their dynasty because they're the most privileged franchise in all the sports, and they don't need to do things like draft well or sign good contracts because guys just come there anyway, or guys just force their way there eventually. But uh, yeah, I I, I I I at least like the fact that for now, it seems like people are moving. You have been, I have been. Uh, um, I've dug my heels into the ground saying that the Lakers always get their guy. The Lakers always get their guy. They're going to get LeBron. I'm going to throw up in my mouth. And you have remained steadfast that you think it, the Philadelphia Sixers might be the team that comes out on top in this. I, I, if, I, if I'm LeBron James and my goal is win championships, yes. That is what would happen here. You're staying in the Eastern Conference. You're not staying in the same division as the Golden State Warriors. You get a guy on your team like Joel Embiid who the reality is if, 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 the, if the plan is win, beat the Golden State Warriors four out of seven times, Joel Embiid poses some significant problems for the Golden State Warriors. Ben Simmons poses some problems too for different reasons. Nonetheless, if I'm – and they have this uh, a bit of a war chest of draft picks here. Uh, obviously, Fultz is not at the same trade value as he was a year ago, clearly. I still think that Fultz is someone who – I think if you get him out of that weird situation, I think I, I think there would be a lot of teams that would be willing to take a chance on him. So I think the Sixers have the most assets in play here that can surround LeBron with Simmons and Embiid and other guys if that's what they want to do here. Let's say Damian Lillard's available or whoever it happens to be. So if you're popping Buford, let's say the Sixers offer you – have to be it would have to be something like Covington, Sarich, probably a first. Yep. And probably that Miami first. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna say that they, they do have that that Miami that, first in 2021. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna say which could be that, anything really. Yeah, I'm gonna say they throw that Miami first in, and God, that's probably they probably have to throw in Fultz into that too for Kawhi, don't they? Probably. If you're the Spurs, which, do you take that Covington, Sarich? Like, do you do that deal if you're either Covington, side? Covington, Sarge, Fultz, and that Miami and first Miami in 2021. First Let me just read Ryan. the protections on that Miami first round pick again. Yeah. Just, I'm, I'm bringing it up right here in front of me. Um, but my gut reaction to that is yes. Because, like, I, I'm just thinking if you get, like, like say what you will about Fultz and the yips that he may or may not have. If, if there's any place where they're going to figure that out, the Spurs the is the Spurs place. Spurs is the place, and also isn't Dar- like Dario Saric getting to the Spurs? That's just like isn't that kind of where Dario Saric belongs? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Isn't that his? That oh, feels there like are his no destiny. protections on that Miami pick. Yeah, I mean, the, and like that might be the first year that 2021 pick might be the first year that high schoolers are allowed back into the NBA. Draft. Yeah, and who knows what the Heat are going right. to be? At. No, yeah, no. If I'm the Spurs, I, I make that deal. Yeah. Now, if you're Philadelphia, do you make that deal? If you know LeBron James will come, if you get Kawhi, even if, and even you're... if LeBron James doesn't come, I like I actually, yeah, no, right? yeah, forget what I just said. No, I'm making that deal regardless. Yeah, yeah. you have a chance to win this season. Yeah, yeah. no, no, like, make a deal. Now, the thing that would hamper Philadelphia from making that move is obviously Kawhi might leave, right? And then you've given up your 
You've given up some good stuff. You've for given up your war trust for a guy. For, yeah. For but here's so let's, so if you let let's just say you know you're getting Le, like I think if Kawhi goes there, LeBron would not be able to turn down the Sixers. Yeah. So even if Kawhi goes, if you still wind up with LeBron because you made that trade and you have LeBron, Embiid, and Simmons, and those are your guys? Yeah. Now, if you're getting LeBron, okay. you absolutely 100% do this. But if LeBron – but the thing – yeah. I mean, it forces the Sixers back into the conversation. And by the way, the Sixers have not been in the conversation over the last, like, week and a half. It's been everybody, like, uh, punting. Lakers or Cleveland has been, been in the conversation. Lakers or Cleveland, that's it, period. Like, full stop. But – Getting Kawhi and e- like even if LeBron doesn't come into the conversation, if I'm the Sixers, I probably still do that. Yep. But uh, yeah, man, that'd be that'd be a lot of fun because then like they they would have a little bit of cap space to find a couple of you know role and players, some and some guys would want to go back. there. Yeah, they'd probably yep. yeah they'd be able to re-sign Redick, I'm guessing to a to a pretty nice deal. Yep. Probably Bellinelli as well. So those guys would be back in the mix, and then yeah, they they they'd be able to find their. You know, they're, they're six, seven, eight guys as well. Um, so then it would just be them in Boston. And then whoever came out of that series would be... Uh, like, Philly would be favored in, in that series against the Celtics, I would think. But uh, Yes, if, if Philly has those players, mm-hmm. they would. Yeah. but I wouldn't say it's a guaranteed win, but... but no, I, no, I think it'd be close. But, but I yeah. think if Philly had those players, they'd be the yeah. favorite. I, I, I completely agree. Most have, teams in the NBA now are going to have a lot of trouble with Embiid. If Embiid's healthy mm-hmm. on the floor, he's just a matchup problem because you, you cannot, like, he's not one of those bigs that you can take massive advantage of when he's on the floor from yeah. a defensive perspective, and he's obviously very difficult to guard. Uh, you'd have to have your own bigs on the floor to, to, to deal with him. So um, it'd be very interesting if they could surround the, those two guys they have there with a little more talent. Do you think this happens? Like, when does NBA like can they sign on July first, same as the NHL? Is that no? When, like, it's a little later. Starts a little uh, later. It's a okay. little yeah yeah. yeah. The league think, year resets on the tenth or something. Do you think this happens um, the day of, or do you think we we have like a a little stalemate type of thing happening here? Because it seems like everybody's waiting for LeBron to do something, but LeBron is waiting to see. You know, hey, where does Kawhi go? Yeah, is, I think LeBron is gonna is gonna say. He may have already said this to the Lakers. Yeah. If you go get Kawhi, I'll be there. Yeah. And he may have, he may have said that to the Sixers. Who knows? Yeah. Um. So, I think that what's gonna have to happen is the Lakers or the Sixers, whoever it happens to be, is gonna have to ha- find a deal with the Spurs and then go to LeBron's people and say, hey, look, we have a deal. And then LeBron will sign, and then Kawhi gets traded there. I think that's the way it's going to go. If you're Buford and Pop, what do the Lakers have to give you for you to actually trade them Kawhi and set up their dynasty? I don't even think there is. What's the package? Like I, you'd have to get to me all three of Ingram, Kuzma, and Ball. And yeah, I don't even and even that. No, do the San Antonio Spurs want Ball? And I don't think they. No, I don't think the San Antonio Spurs like Lonzo Ball at all. <laughs> like, like do the, the the San Antonio Spurs, a team that's all about culture, the team that's all yeah. about you know we're we're the team. Do they really? Do they want Levar Ball hmm. to be anywhere near that organization? Yeah, I don't. I don't so. think so. But like that said, when was the last time we heard anything about Levar? Really? Yeah, I mean, it seems like his fifteen minutes might have passed. And Lee, yeah, but Lee if he gets into some it. sort of if he if he 
if he goes into goes talks to ESPN or whatever outlet yeah. and starts start saying negative things about Greg Popovich and Greg Popovich and Lavar Ball get into a war of words in the media, a mm-hmm. never in the history of the NBA would there be more people on one person's side in a war of words than if it was Popovich versus Lavar Ball. Yeah. <laughs> B. That's just not the sort of thing. Like this past season with the Spurs, with the Kawhi Circus, that yeah. is not what the Spurs have been doing for the last thirty years. Yeah, that's and like, not in their thing. Yeah, and I don't. You think you want to go from what is his uncle Dennis or whatever it is to uh, to Levar Ball? I, I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. it no. is Uncle Dennis, right? Whoever is is whatever Kawhi's agent. Kawhi's, yeah, 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 it doesn't yeah. matter. Kawhi's, yeah. Kawhi's agent is Uncle Dennis or some nonsense, yeah. who seems to be the guy who's who's you know, pushing this, you need to get out of San Antonio because you can make more money playing for the Lakers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Either way, it's... Um... The Lakers tampering has been... Like, the, the Lakers are usually put pretty blatant with their tampering, but this year they've, they've kicked it up in, in, in extra notch. Now, that said, everybody in the NBA tampers, but the Lakers do it with the brashness of... Magic Johnson doing it publicly, and yeah, and Memphis, like, like, like when you know when when Memphis was like, "Hey, is Derrick Rose? Where's Derrick Rose? Oh, he's taking an exam. No, he's not. He's over there shooting three throws in a gym, right? Like, yeah. Like, no, he's not. He's taking his test right now. <laughs> right? Like, it's just like yeah, like the, the the Lakers have done it with with that kind of brashness. I I hate <laughs> the Lakers, and to me, if LeBron goes to the Lakers, that forever kills. Um, that kills the Jordan-LeBron argument for me, which I, I was steadfast that LeBron is probably number one now after, yeah. after what I just saw. But if he puts on a Lakers jersey, no, nah, that kills it. He's number two for me. He's uh, <laughs> Jordan's number one. Sorry, that's just... That's just no, a, fair if enough. He, if he, if he I, puts uh, on that... I just... If LeBron's plan is to win titles, I just don't see how they assemble yeah. that team in Los Angeles. I just I, don't see how that's done in the short term. Yeah. Um... Because remember, like the best free agent signing in the Lakers history, and I would argue the only meaningful free agent signing in Lakers history. Yeah, was Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, but uh, and he went there and he was in his mid twenties, and they had time to build around him. LeBron is not working with that. LeBron's about to be thirty-four. True, he needs to be good now. Yeah. So that said, if he's going to move, the teams are them and you know everybody says well he could go to the Celtics and the Celtics would have to do some jiggering I haven't bought that for one second and that's actually part of the the late like the Lakers getting their guy you, you know that that's part of the process of the Lakers getting their guy is the rumors of some people saying well the Celtics could do this and they could end up with him and I'm just like yeah right and uh yeah but yeah, like, truth be told, the Lakers have really only signed one big-name free agent in the history of their, their yep. team. But, I mean, that doesn't underlie the fact that Kobe forced a trade there because he didn't want to play for Charlotte. Uh, yeah, but Kobe Kobe just didn't want to play for Charlotte. Kobe was Kobe Bryant was the 16th overall pick in the draft yeah. at a high school in a situation where I don't he didn't have a lot of leverage to pick and choose his destination, is all I'm saying. Yeah, Kobe but, was going to go where they sent him. But uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar forced his way to LA he wanted to go or he, he basically said Lakers or Knicks yeah and then the yeah. Knicks were the Knicks weren't willing to give up as much stuff as the Lakers as the Lakers were and so did uh Wilt Chamberlain as well right Wilt Chamberlain was like I'm gonna leave you better trade me and I want to be traded to LA and they forced so you know it's it's all guys forcing their way to the Lakers and uh, it makes me but <laughs> yes but here's what I will say 
is from the perspective uh, a the, the Lakers obviously have some built-in advantages from being the Hollywood franchise and yeah, all that stuff. And that's fine. It's the only place that gives you a chance to fuck a Kardashian. That's Tristan Thompson did it from Cleveland. Yeah, that's well. He was also getting over the pants squeezers from random club trash as well. While he well, was in there. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to get into that. But yeah. <laughs> um, the moral of the story is uh, I can't even say allegedly on that because we all saw the video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's true. Um, but I'm just saying that the Kardashians do not discriminate as far as which NBA franchise they're uh, the men they like go out to play for. Travel though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, as far as the, the Lakers situation, though, is yes, they have some advantages from being the Hollywood team, if you will. However, um, they've also done well to take advantage of those. And you look at, you know, they drafted Magic Johnson. They yeah. drafted James Worthy. Like, oh, you know, yeah. Johnson, it's, it's, I can't take away from him. I, I yeah. can't take Magic yeah. Johnson away. That's the thing. But every, everybody else, I can be like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, basically, is the thing. Yeah, that's why I've never really had had any uh, any beef with Magic Johnson, other than the obvious tampering that he does constantly. <laughs> well, if, yeah, his, well, his tampering this week was essentially I'm Magic Johnson and this is going to work out. Which, like, yeah. as far as Magic Johnson's professional projects, other than a talk show, every other one has worked out. So yeah, I, I would I would say that yeah. Jeez. Anyway, um, so where do you think LeBron? I asked you about John Tavares. Where do you think LeBron James ends up? Six Sixers. Sixers. Okay, I, I really. I know it seems right. like the long shot, but I think that they have the best chance of getting Kawhi, and LeBron will say, "Okay, Kawhi, Simmons, and Embiid. I can all sign up for that." I hope you're right. I mean, there's also, if you're the Celtics, do you trade for Kawhi? Because that's something the Celtics could also do. And I have yes. heard, and this is another thing that the Celtics. This is just part of me being in the Celtics fans' bubble. Is you mentioned earlier about the. You know, when guys leave town or when guys come to town and Boston's on that list of medias where it's like really dumb. Yep. The the over the last two weeks the <laughs> the random Celtics people penning stuff like, Well, we don't really want LeBron to come here or we don't really want Kawhi to come here because look how we're set up for the future. I'm just like because Bill Simmons, who God I love him, he's one of the forefathers of this podcast. He's been on. He's been had a couple of pods in the last two weeks where he said, you know, I don't really want Kawhi to come here, and I'm just like laughing my ass off as I listen to him. I'm like, I'm just like, shut up, dude. You, you, like, if Kawhi came, like if the trade happened two seconds after you said that, you'd be like, all right, Kawhi, right? It's, yeah, oh, he's one so of the, the five best players in the league if he's healthy in all likelihood. Yeah, and uh, so five or six somewhere in there. Yeah, so the Celtics, I mean. The rumor of the Celtics, what they would give up, it was I believe it was Jalen Brown, and that is it that Memphis pick that they own. I think it was Jalen Brown and the Memphis pick that they own in like 2019 for Kawhi. Yeah, and that's if it's Jalen Brown and that obviously has to be some cap filler in there. Sure. Yeah. Um, what I would say is I if I were the Celtics, mm-hmm. I would be instantly willing to trade any player on the roster for Kawhi other mm-hmm. than Tatum. Okay. Now, let's say the Spurs don't – I love talking all these stupid scenarios. Let's say the Spurs don't move Kawhi and they just said, hey, we're going to stick it out for another year, which is another scenario that's entirely possible. Yep. Maybe, maybe we can talk him into into staying, and, and Popovich has is, is been a wizard like that over, over, the, last, uh, over the last 20 years. Um what do you do if you're LeBron James in that scenario? Do you, you still you still think Sixers, right? Yeah, I think that the Sixers have the best chance to be competitive in a series against Golden State. Yeah, 
And, and, and hey, and maybe Cleveland can wave some magic wands or something. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I just don't see how you change that roster enough. Yeah, the Dwight Howard it. thing was was something that I now I don't think Dwight Howard moves the needle enough anymore. But he's a free agent. If Cleveland could bring him in, and if that would be enough to entice LeBron, which I don't think it would be, because I was reading stuff the other day that the reason Dwight Howard wasn't on the last version of the Dream Team was because <laughs> LeBron and a few other guys were like. Nope. No, <laughs> no, no, I'm not that guy. So, but I, I just, I was laughing at Dwight Howard signed with the Lakers, completely ruined their cap space for like four years, or for like their situation for like yeah. three years, and then left town. So Dwight Howard's kind of a folk hero of mine. If he just somehow managed to like get back there and be like, yeah, I'm gonna behave, LeBron, and LeBron's like, all right, let's give this a shot. Then LeBron comes back and he, he just screws over the Lakers again. Like Dwight Howard yeah, needs to be a Hall of Famer to me if, if that's. <laughs> It'd be a hell of a thing. Um, although Cavaliers, by the way, they owe Kevin Love $24 million, George Hill $19 million, Tristan yeah, Thompson $17 million, J.R. Smith $14 million. It's, to it's tough to be competitive with that. Yeah, they'd have to do some trading. Again. I just don't know who I, who on that list are you able to trade. Uh, Kevin Love. I think you can trade Love. You can trade Love. I don't think you can trade Hill. I don't think you can trade no. Thompson. and I, You certainly can't trade J.R. Smith. No, you'd have to trade Love, and then you'd have to... Now, if LeBron's looking beyond 2020, mm-hmm. I don't know if he is, but if, if, if that's something he's considering, the Cavs will essentially have a completely clean cap sheet in the summer of 2020, where they can do basically whatever they want. But I don't know if that's something that LeBron's thinking about at this point. Yeah. What do you think is number one on his – on his? Just this will be the last thing his LeBron. I think his number one is where am I most likely to find a team that can beat Golden State four out of seven times in a playoff series? You think so? You think it's, it's – what, what, else, what else would it be? Well, do you think if, if it's like it's not like it's not like the streak? Do you think that is slightly? No, do you think that maybe a little bit? Yeah. Maybe a little bit, which obviously the West is uh, is a tougher go of keeping mm-hmm. that alive. Yeah. Um, but I, I everyone's like, oh yeah, he wants to go to the Lakers to make himself a global brand. If, who, if not LeBron James, is a yeah, global that's brand? The, that's point. the thing. I can't. I, uh, thank you. I'm glad you brought that up, and I, yeah. I realized I lied, or now now I <laughs> realize I lied earlier when I said this will be the last thing I said about LeBron. But I, I don't like this this notion that LeBron needs to go to LA because it puts him in the best chance to make the most amount of money. Is... He was already in an Amy, Sh- Amy Schumer movie. He was playing for Cleveland. Absolute garbage. <laughs> it could, he was yeah. already in a Hollywood movie. He's going to be in Space Jam 2, which I believe they started like filming or they got a trailer for or some garbage. Like LA does not, like LeBron does not need LA. LA needs LeBron. And that is what is pissing me off about this whole thing is this goddamn notion that LeBron has to go to the Lakers because he needs that to elevate his status to become a billion dollar athlete and it's like you LeBron yeah. can do whatever he wants for the rest of his life and he does not need that fucking ugly ass jersey to do it God LeBron LeBron could heated. sign in Europe and yeah. still be a global brand doesn't matter absolutely. where he's playing absolutely if anything that would make him more of a global brand playing in Europe because then he would get all that European endorsement money and whatnot. but like he's in Sprite commercials for god's sake do you think they sell yep. that in Japan yes like, <laughs> fuck you <laughs> sure they do fuck you it's the Lakers god irritates the shit out of me alright alright that's enough of that um, yeah you want to check in on our MLB bets Craig uh, briefly, and then, as you may be able to hear in the background, I have yeah. to go. All right, all right. Let's just check in on our MLB. Yeah. I wanted to talk a little Bachelorette, but we'll save that for some other time. Uh, where are you, MLB guys? Uh, come on now. Get prepared for the podcast, Matt. This is ridiculous. Uh, here we go. Okay. 
So these were the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bets that we recommended the people take at the beginning of the year. Number one, the Kansas City Royals, who at the time were 76 and a half, but were yep. 71 and a half, and I still recommended the under. 24 and 55, Craig. That's not very good. No. Can the Kansas City Royals get 47 wins in order to kill this bet? Sorry, 48 wins in order to kill this bet with about half uh, the season left. So they would have to No, no, they can. <laughs> I think that would be very, very, very unlikely based on this roster, which is likely going to get worse mm-hmm. between now and the end of July. So, no. All right. I'm liking that. Now, our Gold Star special for the entire year was the Philadelphia Phillies over 75 and a half wins. 41 and 36, Craig. I'm feeling very good about that bet. I agree. I agree. Oakland. We we love us, the, the Oakland Athletics. Over 74 and a half. 42 and 38, the Oakland Athletics. Craig. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. Obviously, that one can go out of the way in the second half. I'm feeling good yeah, about it. I feel good about that one, too. So that's three feeling good so far. The Pittsburgh Pirates, 73 wins, 37 and 42 right now. We went over. I still feel as though that's gettable, but they're out yeah. there pick up. They have to pick up a little tiny bit, but not too yeah. much. I, th- I think that's doable. I think that could go yep. either way. I think. I think yep. so. So we're at. They're kind of right where we need. They're yeah. a little barely below where we need them to be. be the, yeah. Yeah. The Los Angeles Angels. This is where one where we might get in trouble here i like the under at 84 and a half they're 41 and 39 so they're almost like at exactly 500 ball so this one could be close i thought i think that i'd rather have the under right now than the over on that bet to be honest based on how the angels are playing and otani being out of the lineup which sucks for us because we had him on our on our fantasy baseball team but that's got to start catching up to the angels because they don't have pitching depth right so they don't have the good players other than Mike Trout depth. Yeah, it's also true. So, so I, I feel like we can get that one. Yep. Um, our other gold star special for the year was the Cincinnati Reds under 73 and a half, 34 and 46. Yeah, that's that, that's another one's right on the line, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't before they went on that little nine and one streak that they had yeah. there. I didn't care for that. A week ago, we were like, num, 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 num for this one, right? And not so much. That's another roster that's going to be worse on July on yeah, August first than it is right now, I, though. I still am not worried about that one whatsoever. Like, what do they need? They need thirty more wins? No, forty more wins in order to kill that. Yeah. Bet. I don't feel like the Reds are going to play five hundred ball the rest of the way. And that's like they needed this little nine. They're and basically one at they're they're basically at the halfway point of their yeah. season. They they're needed one, this one, nine and one streak to make us even contemplate a sweat. Yes. So I I I, I feel pretty good. Although you know baseball's weird. You never know. Last one we had. This one, I think, looks the worst. This one, I think we might, uh, of the seven bets we've made, this is the one we, we would probably take back. We had the Minnesota Twins over 82.5. They are 34-41. and 41. So the Twins they are going to have a nice second half. They're going to need to have a nice second half for us to. Now, I've seen some nice second halves before in my, in my uh, gambling career. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> this one, this is of the seven bets we made, this one I'm least excited about. Um, last thing before we get out of here, how do you feel about the Toronto Blue Jays going forward, Craig? 
mostly fine. I think they're a better team than they've shown. The I biggest agree. concern is the Donaldson situation, but I think that what's happened here means that Donaldson comes back next year after I, accepting a one-year qualifier. I completely agree. I was just going to say, we're going to get him for like one year, 20 million or something, right? Yep. And, well, and, the qual- I forget the qualifier is like 19, but yeah, yeah that's what yeah. it's going to be. So I, I just don't see, because like who, unless some team just goes nuts and says, yeah, he was Josh Donaldson. That was just a down year. He, he is what he is. We know what he can do. I, I feel like he's going to be on the Toronto Blue Jays next year. Does yeah. Roberto Osuna ever play a game for the Toronto Blue Jays again? No. I agree. Um, Jay Happ has got to be traded. <laughs> that's, oh, yeah. That's the last thing I'll say. Every it time is. he starts, I'm going to be stressed about the situation. Yeah, about him it's getting got hurt. Yeah, yeah. Move him now. Yeah, I don't Yeah, I don't know why he, he hasn't already moved. Um, yeah, so I think that's it. Uh, uh, one last question before you get out of here. Who wins the Bachelorette? Oh, jeez. Um, Stacy, who's the best person in the Bachelorette? Blake? I think he's the best person, but I don't think he's going to win. Do you think win. Garrett's going to win? That I, would be bad I think PR. Super ra- I think super racist Garrett is is going to is gonna end up winning it, unfortunately. And uh, I think Blake will be the next Bachelor, though. Yeah. Who, who else other... Who, who, uh, who's going to be the next Bachelor in this crew? There's no one qualified other than yeah. Blake. And we've still got weeks enough left for Blake to blow it, too, right? Hey, what about Wills? Yeah, I liked what he. I liked the way he handled himself with that whole Chris situation, where he was just like, yeah. "No, I'm not getting up." So yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I like Will's. Will's I like too Will's. bad, but Will's has the one thing that is probably holding him back. That I mean, I would have no beef with it, but you know. Yes, yes, how yes, society yes, yes. Is sometimes. Anyway. Uh, crossover podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossover podcast, and soundcloud.com slash crossover podcast. We'll be back next week with our Luke Cage season two review. Uh, Kevin and KB are getting caught up on that, and I'm sure we'll have you on after some of this free agency stuff. Uh, yeah, sometime in July. Care of, Craig. Yeah, yeah, so sometime in mid July, we'll, we'll have you back to talk about uh, what the hell happens with LeBron and John Tavares. Thanks for coming on and speculating. Uh, we'll talk to you next time, Craig Needles. Talk to you later. All right. Have a good one, sir.